0: And hello and welcome to Let This Mind Be In You on a Monday night. So it's a little bit different. So Monday night, uh, December the 23rd. And uh, I just wanted to welcome you here on a different night than normal. uh, But that's okay. Uh, So obviously with this time of the year, there's a lot of people that get together and so forth and so on. And uh, so we may do something still Thursday or Friday night this week. Uh, We'll be back in Romans Chapter 8. And what I wanted to do tonight, though, is I just wanted to study through and uh, read through the book of Luke, uh, Luke chapter 2 specifically. And when I do this, um, this is by no means trying to offend anybody. Uh, This is the Word of God, and I think it's good to talk about it no matter when it is. Uh, It just so happens a lot of people's minds are on, um, well, the birth of Jesus Christ. Um, Now, I want to mention something before we get started here, um, because in the first couple minutes everybody's, Attentive. Um, I watched a great video today. I'm I linked to it in the uh, description box uh, from Brother Brian Denlinger. Uh, he he had a great video about the uh, the Christmas the uh, the God of Christmas. I think it is the uh, the unknown God of Christmas. And so he used the uh, the account of Paul at Mars Hill, and it was really interesting. I've never heard anybody bring that kind of stuff out. That while people worship quote-unquote, or they think about Jesus Christ, they're thinking of the baby in the manger. They're not thinking about the King of kings and the Lord of lords and who Jesus is. He is God. And uh, with that, we should be talking about it all the time. But people uh, celebrate, they worship, quote-unquote, but they're worshiping the unknown God, essentially. And it was really, it's a great message. So I linked to it and uh make sure you go check that out and then tell brother Dan Linger that uh I sent you over there okay and uh just say hello from me um okay with that being said obviously we're going to have this on the podcast all the different places uh if you're new I don't think there's anybody new here tonight but if you are or if you're watching this later on we do have this in audio format over on iHeartRadio uh podcast and then um Apple Podcasts, and podcast, P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S dot com. Just look up Let This Mind Be In You Ministries podcast, and it'll take you right there. Also, the Facebook page. Uh, So all the videos migrate over there eventually, and uh, that's Let This Mind Be In You Ministries. So check that out and search for that, okay? Uh, I just want to welcome everybody that's already kind of rogered in. My mom and dad are here. Welcome. And Sister Busy. Sister Elizabeth is there. I don't know if Brother Tim is there with you, but hello, sister. All right, so let's get right into it. It's a long chapter, and uh, I don't want to just read just, you know, the typical kind of stuff. We're going to go all the way through this because it's all good. And by the way, um, how you choose to remember this, do, this do kind of like in remembrance. It's sort of like, uh, you know, the Lord's Supper. You know, people come together for communion um, and, you know, break the bread, Um drink of the cup and everything in remembrance this do and as often as often as you do it in remembrance of me as, as Jesus said. So how often you do this, if you want to do this once a month and just remember, it doesn't matter how many times you do this. Just worship the fact and celebrate the fact that God stepped into his own creation. Just how huge this is, and just how vital it is because he was pros- prophesied that he would do this, and to the very exact moment, in fact, uh, if you look at Matthew chapter 2, even a lost man, even somebody as wicked as King Herod, who had all the babies two years old and under in Bethlehem killed, um, even he had to consult the scriptures, and there, were, there he was prophesied. The same God that was prophesied in Isaiah nine, six came. And so vitally important to understand who he is. Jesus is come, is come present tense in the flesh. And it doesn't matter when you say it, it, it's present tense. And I just want to thank God for the fact that he did that because he came to fulfill prophecy, to offer the kingdom knowing full well that he would be rejected and cut off in the middle of that 69th week or at the end of that 69th week, uh, as Daniel talks about. And he did that not for his own sake, like not for his own sins, because he was without sin. He was the perfect sacrifice for you and me. Let's celebrate that tonight, and let's read God's holy word in your King James Bible. Open it up to Luke chapter 2, and we'll start in verse 1. To be taxed with Mary, his espouse wife, being great with child. Espouse wife just simply means that for all sakes, intents and purposes, she was his wife. But they had obviously not come together yet. And we'll talk about that maybe some other time. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger. Because there was no room for them in the end. A lot of people don't have room for Jesus in their life, do they? They don't want to come to the end of their own righteousness. They'd rather have their own way. Well, he's provided the way. He is the way. You need to come to the end of yourself. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. Notice there, the angel of the Lord came upon them. Now, this is kind of interesting because, you know, growing up as a child, you always hear this, and it's like, well, the angel of the Lord appeared to them. Well, I don't know. It doesn't really say that. It says the angel of the Lord came upon them. Now, usually, I haven't found too many instances where the angel of the Lord uh, is used in a different context other than being the Holy Spirit or God. And uh, it's just really interesting. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them and they were sore afraid kind of reminds me of the uh, glory that filled the temple uh, that Isaiah saw. Uh, Just take it for what it's worth study that that out some more but uh, very interesting. And the angel said unto them fear not. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy which shall be to all people. Amen for that. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing, which has come to pass which the Lord hath made known unto us and they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger and when they had seen it they made known abroad the same which was told them concerning this child and all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds get this but Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart Mary was visited by Gabriel the angel and, and told her these things that would come to pass And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, and it was told unto them. Can you imagine just being there on that night? By the way, not in December. We can talk about that all you want, but uh, uh, yeah. Again, I don't want to get stuck on the semantics of all this. God came, okay? He came in the flesh, so <laughs> I don't want to get stuck around when was it was, it was March, was it April, so forth and so on. Look. He came, so but not in December. Okay, I'm pretty pretty certain about that. Uh, nobody's outside uh, keeping their flocks by night in the middle of December in that region. Yeah. Anyways, all right. Moving on. Uh, let's see here. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, and it was told as it was told unto them. And when eight days were accomplished for the circumcising of the child, his name was called Jesus, which was so named of the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And when the days of her purification according to the law of Moses were accomplished, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male that openeth the womb shall be called holy to the Lord, and to offer a sacrifice according to that which is said in the law of the Lord a pair of turtle, turtle doves or two young pigeons. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simon. And the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Ghost was upon him. Notice that the Holy Ghost was an in indwelling at that time, but the Holy Ghost was upon him. Very interesting. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, then took he him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, amen, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel to all, it's offered to all, he knew through the power of the Holy Spirit, he knew that this sacrifice, this death of the testator would happen, wow, what a revelation that he got, as far as I can tell, one of the first people that really started talking about this and understood fully, this was being starting to get revealed to people, now, 30 years later, we know Jesus started his earthly ministry, but it seems to me, unless somebody can bring it up, I know there's a lot of prophecy in the Old Testament. Again, contextually speaking, dispensationally speaking, this is still considered Old Testament before the death of the testator, before Jesus Christ died. This is still under the old customs and laws and traditions and so forth and so on, set forth by God. But if somebody can show me somebody that actually was the first one to see Jesus and say these things, I think he was the first one. Simon got the opportunity to be the first one to have a little bit revealed to him, as far as I can tell. Very interesting. And Joseph and his mother marveled at the things which were spoken of him. Okay, so let's do a little bit of uh, practical teaching here. If they were looking forward to the death of Jesus Christ on the cross, if they were looking forward to the cross, would this have shocked anybody? No, come on, folks. They had no idea what some of these things that we can now see in the New Testament revealed, the mystery revealed to us now. We can look at these things and say, wow, wow. Man, look at all these Old Testament references to Jesus Christ. We know that we can see that, but they didn't. They didn't see that. But check out Simon. And look at the reaction from Joseph and his mother. They marveled. And Simon, verse 34, blessed them and said unto Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel, and for a sign which shall be spoken against. Yea, a sword shall pierce through thine own soul also. That's very interesting. That the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Here's the next person, this lady named Anna, and there was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phineel, of the tribe of Asser. She was of a great age and had lived without or with an husband seventy years from her virginity. This lady was very old. Okay, just you know, most of the time, if you think about the culture of that time period maybe she got married around 1314. we just don't know but she had been with a husband for 70 years. Wow and she was a widow of about fourscore and four years. this lady was very old okay which departed not from the temple but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. Wow what dedication? And she coming in that instant gave thanks likewise unto the Lord and spake of him to all them that looked for redemption in Israel, excuse me, in Jerusalem. And when they had performed all things according to the law of the Lord, they returned into Galilee to their own city, Nazareth. Notice that eight days. Notice that eight days. um seeing sister busy says my bible says what verse it says seven years oh verse 36 i apologize and had lived with a husband seven years from her oh my apologies i misread that and to say 70. thank you good catch it says seven in verse 36 and had lived with a husband seven years from her virginity and then she had been a widow for four score and four years which Score, I believe, is 20. Four score. Okay, I just, yes, verse 36. I apologize, I, I said 70 instead of seven. So good catch, sister. All right. Mm. Oh, verse 39, they returned into Galilee to their own city, Nazareth, and the child grew. Now, if you turn over to Matthew, we're going to do a little bit of studying here because... Uh, I just want people to go to the Bible for all of this kind of stuff, but look at this. Let's see here. At their eight days, they returned into Galilee to their own city Nazareth. But if you look in Matthew chapter two, Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, and then it talks about you know the you know the wise men quote unquote that came to go see Jesus. But what's really interesting is they came into the house uh, and they were living in Bethlehem again. Well, they apparently went back to Nazareth and then Joseph, Mary, and Jesus went back to Bethlehem at some point and were there and had a house. Now, uh, there was no wise men, okay, since there's no contradiction in the Bible. When the wise man came and he was about two years old, then they departed and went to Egypt. Now, if you read this and say, "Well, this is a contradiction," it says they went back to Nazareth after eight days. Yeah, they did, and then they, at some point in time, went back to Bethlehem. Wise men come. They, uh, Joseph is warned in a dream, and they depart to uh, to Egypt. It's not that complicated, okay? There is no contradiction <laughs> in the Word of God, and so people get confused about that. Like, I don't, I am not quite understanding how that works. Read your Bible there's no contradiction. Okay. That's why uh, people having the wise men there at the quote unquote, the nativity scene didn't happen, folks. Sorry. So I will stand pretty firm on that. Because if you have them with the wise men at the nativity scene, then that makes the Bible to have a contradiction. Sorry. Um, I will stand firm on that. Okay. Go to the Bible, folks. When they, when he was born in the manger there in Bethlehem, after eight days, went to the temple in Jerusalem, and then after that, they departed back to Nazareth. At some point in time, they went back to Bethlehem, and the wise men, yes, there's a, a comment on here, and the Bible never says there were three. Nope, there was three gifts, but never says how many of the wise men were. But uh, I just wanted to stop there and just kind of point out that It seems to be pretty obvious but people still get confused so if you're new or you've never really studied that out i think that that will help you out a little bit okay the wise men however many there was were not there when the lord was born they came and worshipped him they brought gold frankincense and myrrh and then joseph being warned in a dream then departed to egypt wise men departed some other way herod Says all the babies two years and uh, younger are killed in Bethlehem. So, hope that clears that up for you. All right. Okay, verse 40 And the child grew, back in Luke chapter 2, and waxed strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Now, his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem after the custom of the feast. And when they had fulfilled the days, as they returned, the child Jesus tarried behind in Jerusalem, and Joseph and his mother knew not of it. But they, supposing him to have been in the company, went a day's journey, and they sought him among their kinsfolk and acquaintance. And when they found him not, they turned back again to Jerusalem, seeking him. And it came to pass that after three days they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. I think it's interesting they... Uh, After three days, they found him, and he was in the temple, that same temple that he would later prophesy that he would tear down and raise back up in three days, speaking of his body, how he would raise himself up. Very interesting tie-in there. And all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. And when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said unto him, Son, why hast thou thus dealt with us Behold, thy father and I have sought thee sorrowing. You know, like any good mother. In verse 49, And he said unto them, How is it that ye sought me? Wist ye not that I must be about my father's business? And they understood not the saying which he spake unto them. Of course not. I find that his disciples had the same problem. Jesus would say something to them, and they would have no idea. He would even explain it to them, and they still couldn't get it. I think it's really important that it took the, and he said this would happen, that he would send the spirit, send his spirit into the world. I will come. And through the power of the spirit, he does the teaching of his word. So as you read, in your own understanding, you're not going to get it. But if you come across what you think is a contradiction, like say, for example, were the wise men at the, seems like, it says here they went back to Nazareth, and Matthew, it says they went to Egypt. Which one is it? Through the power of the Spirit, the Spirit does the teaching. Mike, Michael, D'Angelo cannot teach you those things. Look it up for yourself in the Word of God, study it, pray, and say, Lord, show me what truth is. Thy Word is truth, and he'll show you. What an amazing, amazing God we serve. And verse 51, and he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject unto them. But his mother kept all those sayings in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. And that's Luke chapter 2. It didn't take very long to get through there, but I just wanted to talk through that real quick. wanted to read down through there because it's not about I want. I didn't want to stop too at the at the at the baby in the manger, you know. Like I said, brother Brian did a great video today about that. It didn't stop there. He grew in stature, you know, increased in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man. And then at thirty years old, he started his earthly ministry. And then three and a half years later, he died on a cross for you and me. He willingly went to there and uh, he did that for you and me for your sins and mine all the sins of the world were placed upon him he took that upon him that same baby that was lying in a manger God in the flesh the flesh that was had the ability to bleed and to die he took that on willingly. he humbled himself and took on the form of a servant as it says in Philippians 2. yes Sister Busy says here, Sister Elizabeth says, the king of kings lay thus in a lowly manger, in lowly manger. Jesus, my savior. But then up from the grave he arose. Yeah, up from the grave he arose. Mm. Again, according to the scriptures, he fulfilled all these prophecies. I forget what the number is. How many Old Testament prophecies that are fulfilled within just this one chapter of Luke? There's quite a bit. You go back to Matthew chapter 2. Um, go over there. At the beginning of that, uh, and when he had gathered, verse 4, and when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, And thou Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, and not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Amen. But all the prophecies that were fulfilled by him coming and then willingly laid himself down. You know, if you're out there and you have not received Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, what better time than right now? You know, the Holy Spirit... When people seek, if they're really seeking, he will provide that light, a light into their feet, you know, just to understand, like, oh, this is true. This is, ta- he's talking to you right now. This young baby laying in a manger that we so, you know, we so-called in Christian America worship and, and celebrate around this time of the year. He didn't stay a baby. He grew up. He lived 33 sinless years he was tempted in all manners as we are yet without sin he was the perfect lamb of god without spot without blemish and he laid himself down he willingly went to that cross he took your sin and mine upon him the sins of the entire world past present future it doesn't matter he took them upon him and he cried it is finished he did the work he did it all. Seek, ye shall find. Ask, and it shall be given; it shall be given unto you. Knock. You know, it talks about him being the you know the good shepherd, also being the the uh, the lamb. No man cometh unto the Father but by him. Anybody that tries to come any other way. He is the only way, you know, famous, quote unquote, famous pastors will stand on these uh, television shows and they'll ask them the question, you know, is Jesus the only way to heaven? And they're, and one famous one is quoted saying, I'm not comfortable answering that. I am because he did it for me. He did it for me. He did it for you. Won't you, why don't you come to the end of yourself? People get it confused. They think that godly sorrow, like how can somebody have godly sorrow if God's not in their life? If you look at that verse, it's speaking about a heart matter. Sorrow towards God. That's what godly sorrow is. Knowing that I am a sinner in your eyes. I know this and there's nothing I can do. Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. I've already been judged guilty. Please, come to the end of yourself call upon him today let me read you something we'll get there eventually in romans but i want to read down through here because i think it's very important to understand that if thou verse 9 of romans chapter 10 shall confess with thy mouth the lord jesus what was simon confessing this was the christ the lord jesus the lord and shall believe in thine heart that god has raised him from the dead thou shalt be saved For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. That righteousness is not yours. It's his. The perfect Lamb of God. That's why I celebrate, pick a day, every single day. I celebrate that. I celebrate the fact that he didn't stay a baby. I celebrate the fact that he came. I celebrate the fact that he was God Fully, fully God. All the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And he took my place on a a sinner's cross. You know, that cross was a cruel way to die. It was meant for just the vilest of criminals. That's what you and I are. Without Christ are all your righteousnesses as filthy rags. So if you come to the end of yourself today and you come willingly and believe in your heart that God is hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. It doesn't matter if you're a prisoner. It doesn't matter if you've done whatever you've done in your life. God is willing to forgive you of those sins if you come to him today. He's not willing that any should perish. Not willing that any should perish. So I just wanted to bring that up tonight, Luke chapter 2. Don't just read the first few verses of it and have a little bit of a time. Read all of it because it keeps going. It keeps going. And so it's so rich. So again, whatever, I don't want to get wrapped around it. If whatever you do or don't do, if that's within your liberty, you don't want uh, this because you have certain convictions, the Holy Spirit has said to you, hey, look, this is not for you because you're going to take it too far or whatever the, the boundaries and the safeties that the Holy Spirit is working in your heart, celebrate the fact that God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit. i to turn to that real quick, so I'm going to make sure I quote it correctly. But uh, a lot of times people get passionate about things, and I can understand that. I really do. If you're one of the ones and you're watching this now or later on that get passionate about this, this topic, uh, notice that I didn't one time mention the uh, Christmas word, okay? You don't need to do that to celebrate God. But uh, if you do or if you don't, it doesn't matter. Get in God's word and celebrate the fact of what he did for you. That your joy may be full and without controversy great is the mystery of godliness god was manifest in the flesh that's the corruptible flesh that's why it's past tense was justified in the spirit seen of angels preached unto the gentiles believed on in the world received up into glory and if you uh, have questions about the past and present tenses of verbs go uh to the two videos i did on god was manifest in the flesh as opposed to what it says in first John. Jesus is the Christ, he is Antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son. Whoever denieth the Son hath not the Father. And know about the uh the spirit of Antichrist, as it says there. Uh let's see. Where am I at here? Yes. Verse uh chapter 4 of 1 John, every spirit that confesseth not, or excuse me, verse 2, and uh, every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. So notice the difference between was and is. And uh, go to those two videos if you want to check that out. Okay. So we got a little bit of time. Um, Let me me hear what you have to say out there. So if you want to uh, bring up a comment or concern or something you want to talk about, uh, feel right, uh, feel at liberty to do that. I had an excellent dinner tonight. We had uh, my brother over and uh, his wife and their young son, and uh, we had an excellent dinner. And uh, so good. I'm trying to think of the the dessert that she makes. I was trying to see if my uh, wife knew. But anyways, I think it's like a like a snickerdoodle type. Oh, man, it was really good. <laughs> really good. Anyways, hey, Romans 14:12, which is formerly known as Bible believing vato. <laughs> uh Yeah formerly known as Bible believing Vato ATS allergic to stupid for what I hear is on here what's up brother Uh, Thomas uh, certainly need to go watch that video that is a uh, very interesting thought about how he was incorruptible flesh thank you for bringing that up yep there's a difference was manifest in the flesh notice that and then the difference between that and first John when it says Jesus Christ is come in the flesh and there's some other things that I'll bring out some other time uh, about that, too. Uh, maybe if we got a little bit of time right now. Oh, yeah. First John 5 and verse 20. Here's another interesting. And we know that the Son of God is come and hath given us an understanding. Interesting. Who gives us understanding? The Holy Spirit. That we may know him that is true. Who is the truth? and we are in him that is true even in his son Jesus Christ this is the true god and eternal life i just think that's very interesting turn over the next page second john when it talks about uh, the elder unto the elect lady and her children whom i love in the truth and not i only but for unto also all they that have known the truth for the truth's sake which dwelleth in us i am the way the truth and the life christ in us hope of glory yeah, The pillar and ground of truth. That's us. Now, as new creatures in Christ, we've been uh, quickened. The Holy Spirit has quickened us, made us alive. New creatures. It has come. He said he would do it. He said, I will come to you. Let's look at that. John 14, verse uh, 18. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Interesting. All right, uh, Vato. You'll always be Vato to me, brother. Uh, you have to drink weed. Well, <laughs> that's weird. <laughs> oh, okay. To think that First John 4, 2 should say, has come in the flesh. That's it's interesting all the other uh, versions that I've seen use the past tense of the verb form of has interesting interesting indeed so go check out that video uh, uh, brother Thomas and uh, I haven't seen you on here make sure if you're watching this uh, like subscribe uh, for as long as we're on here it might be uh, just a few more days but uh, if not you'll have to follow me over also uh, again, I got my dona- domain name, let this mind you, org, and uh, I'm trying to figure out a way now. I think it's going to be several hundred dollars a year to get the app on WordPress.com. That's who I got the domain name through, and you have to have an app in order to get a player that would be able to do a live stream, so we wouldn't have to be dependent upon YouTube or Google. You just go straight to my web page. Uh, So I'm trying to work on that for the new year. Uh, Let's see and and be praying about that. And so just be praying about that and uh, how that works. I'm seeing the uh, comment here. Forgive me if I'm misapplying something. Is that is come in the flesh as in our body? Uh, In a way. We are flesh of his flesh and bone of his bones. The body of Christ uh, is the church the body of Christ he is the head uh, that's in Ephesians that's on all over the place so um, I would make application to that is come in the flesh now it may not be a perfect application uh, so forgive me if I'm uh, if I'm kind of stepping in a little bit but it seems to make sense that the one that gives us the understanding is come is come is his spirit in the world that's why in first Thessalonians uh, no, Second Thessalonians chapter 2, let me turn over there real quick and show you what the tie-in is with the time of Jacob's trouble and the Antichrist and so forth and so on. Look at the uh, the tie-in here. I didn't want to really get into prophecy, but since we brought it up. Uh, okay, verse 6 of chapter 2 of 2 Thessalonians, And now ye know that what withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time, speaking of the Antichrist, for the mystery of iniquity doth already work. John said the same thing. spirit of Antichrist was already in the world. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. Now, that is the Holy Spirit, which is what seals us, which makes us the bride, the body of Christ. So, uh, Thomas, that's why I'm trying to make the present tense of the verb is come in the flesh. Now, it also can be said at any time that Jesus uh, would show up in the Old Testament. Okay. He wasn't incorruptible flesh. He was in perfect flesh, if you get what I'm saying. Incorruptible. And uh, so that's where I'm kind of making the application is come. Yeah. And, but don't use that as like this body of sin. Okay. This, you know, this kind of flesh. Yeah. No, in our flesh dwells no good thing. Yeah, it's not it's not our flesh. I'm I'm not trying to say this is you know, this is the the flesh that he's come in and we're some you know, where Jesus is walking around or so forth, but we should be known as like Christ, you know, Christians, you know, little Christians, right? little Christ as they were first known at, at Antioch, you know, they were, you know, trying to make fun of those those people there. Um, but the spirit of Christ dwelleth within us and right now. But I'm speaking of the body as far as the church, the the church body. I'm not speaking about Michael D'Angelo and so forth and so on. This is what I'm trying to talk about. So I hope that cleared that up. I didn't really mean to even get into that. So anyways, good question. Um, I, I'm just I hope I cleared that up. OK, I'm not saying individually they're walking around that that's, you know, But as the application is of the church body Is the uh, We are called the flesh of his Where is that at? Somebody help me out I know Brother Tim probably can pull it up right away Flesh Bone Uh, Where is that at? Where we are uh I can't think of the the verse right now it's it's escaping me. I know the ones where it says he is the we are the body and he is the head of the body. the church that's in I think it's in Ephesians. I apologize I didn't even mean to get into a lot of this stuff. It's just as the spirit is leading here with some good questions ephesians five thirty Yeah, there we go. Thank you. Uh, For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. So it's obviously speaking about the members of uh, the body of Christ. Yes, thank you, Brother Tim and Sister Elizabeth there for Ephesians chapter 5, verse 30. I could not remember where that was at. Thank you so much for helping, brother and sister. Uh, But yes, Thomas, that's the... that's the what i was trying to explain and yeah i understand that i i want to make sure that's very clear i'm not trying to uh, push out some kind of new teaching or something mental lag yes brother i think it's a food lag <laughs> anyways i hope that clears that up and uh, again uh, while we're there speaking of that um, trying to come up with a um, a new study here we'll be talking about some things speaking of the the church Verse 24 of Ephesians 5, Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be unto their own husband and everything. Husband, love your wife, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word, that he might present it to himself. Uh, you mean the, the father presents the bride to the son? Yeah, he presents it to himself. Oh. A glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherisheth it. Pointing than that the truth? Even as the Lord, the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. So, that's the mystery of the church. And that's where I'm trying to make the application. So, good question. Thank you. Anybody else? Anybody else have any other kind of questions or comments or concerns? Okay. Oh, question. (laughs) Brother Omar, there you are, brother. Question, is the millennial reign of Christ just for the Jews? Great question. Oh, we don't have a whole lot of time to get into that. All right, so this is where I'm at right now on that question, brother. As 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 honest as I can be. Yes and no. <laughs> and that I know that's kind of like the political or the politician kind of stance. But what I mean by that is that there'll be uh there'll be saints time of jacob trouble saints that are not jews there will be people that will be uh, of every different language and creed and so forth and so on they're going to have to endure and do all these different things and um but yeah as far as for if you're asking the question is it for this uh the body of christ now is the millennial reign for them for us i don't think so that's just my personal opinion now uh, I know we can study through it at some other time but um, there's some good brothers out there that uh, believe that uh, we take part in some of that millennial rewards and uh, I just tend to I tend to fall on the side that it's for those people that live in that time because of all I can see that clearly shows that millennial reign and by millennial we're talking a thousand years the only people that are promised that is in Revelation chapter 20 and we brought this up last time so i'm just going to read that again because i again there's a lot of scriptures and verse four and i saw the thrones and they sat upon them and judgment was given unto them and i saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of jesus these are the same souls that are under the throne by the way during that uh that time that are beheaded for the cause of christ and that are saying how long until revenge revenge you know i'm, I'm paraphrasing but they're asking And he told them they had to wait a little while. The same souls that were under the throne. For the witness of Jesus and for the word of God, and which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands, and they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. And so that gives them a definitive time frame of ruling and reigning. Now, I do know Paul talks about us ruling and reigning with Christ, so that could possibly mean that as well. I'm not dogmatic, but I tend to just think that it, It very clearly says who is actually living, ruling, and reigning in that millennial time frame. Okay, Uh, Brother Moore here. Brother Adam Moore says, Do you think saints in the time of Jacob's trouble will be called Christians? Hmm, I don't know. I don't remember anything in my studies that says that it just talks about they were you know we were called christian they were called christians first at i believe antioch and uh so i don't know i know they're called uh i know they're called saints at some point in time but i don't know what they're called here on this earth infidels or whatever they're gonna you know rabble rousers troublemakers people that are not fitting in the ones that are causing all these problems and you know we gotta chop off their heads because they're they're being mean and they're being stubborn, and they don't want to take the mark. Well, we, we're just not going to let them eat or buy or sell anything or whatever. Well, they're still causing a problem, I and mean, we're just going to cut off their heads. They'll, they'll take care of the problem. So I don't know. That's a good question, brother Moore. Do you think the saints in the time of Jacob's trouble we call Christians? I'm just not sure about that. My dad on here, one Corinthians twelve eleven is the best verse concerning what, who the body of Christ is. So let's turn over there. Let's turn over to 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 11. Uh, But all these worketh at one in the selfsame spirit, big S, dividing to every man severally uh, as he will. For as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body being many, Are one body so also is Christ so yeah and the very next verse there for by one spirit are we all baptized into one body whether we be Jews or Gentiles whether we be bond or free and have been all made to drink into one spirit that living water so yep there you go we're the body of Christ so Da, 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 da. Next next question, when does the judgment of the nations take place? Uh, as far as I can tell, that's in Matthew chapter 25. The judgment of the nations, because it's different than the third judgment to come. See, the first judgment is ours, which we know that we're not being judged by our works, but what we've done for Christ, wood, hay, and stubble, gold, silver, and precious stones, The judgment of the nations is the separation of the sheep and the goats. Uh, Uh, It's right here in verse 31. When the Son of Man shall come in his glory. That means the second advent. He's going to come to this earth again. We talked about the first advent. But when he comes back as the lion. hmm, to rule and reign for a thousand years. When the Son of Man shall come in his glory. And all the holy angels with him. Then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory the throne of David and before him shall be gathered all nations and he shall separate them one from another as a shepherd divided the sheep from the goats. This is very interesting by the way. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Then shall the King say unto them on his right hand, come ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom. This is the kingdom of heaven. This is the temporary thousand year, the land grant, the, the temporal, the actual physical, kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world and then talks about all the works they have to do to do that So, I hope that answers your question there brother Vato. Uh, look at Revelation five ten, brother Harlow hey brother Harlow nice to see you on here brother we're turning all over the Bible it's great I love it uh, Revelation 5 and verse 10 and has made us unto our God kings and priests and we shall reign on the earth that's a good point And whether that means that it's a part of the ruling and reigning for that thousand years or, or what, I don't know. Maybe it is. And it very well could be, uh, we know Jesus Christ will rule and reign on this earth. Does that mean because we're of his body that it's figuratively speaking? I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe we do take part in that millennial inheritance in some way. So it's a good point, brother Harlow. Um, it just doesn't give us a specific time frame on that one. You know what I'm saying? Doesn't mean it's not correct. Um, it very well could be. So, I can't wait to find out when He shall make all these things clear to us. And right now, we're just—it's at best—we're just speculating. These aren't things that are of a uh, that are di- dividing things that we should divide over. Obviously, um, these things will be revealed a lot more, I believe, in the dispensation of the time of Jacob's trouble. That we aren't privy to so to speak, we can give some biblical guesses or speculations, but I don't think we can be super dogmatic about any of those types of positions i do I, I do know I can be super dogmatic that I won't be here for the time of Jacob's trouble because the spirit reveals that in for in second Thessalonians and first Thessalonians as well so brother Omar says, I need to study more on this topic you yeah, know it's a good topic to talk about. Paul says that Christians are joint heirs with Christ, absolutely. So My dad says sorry that's 12:27. Uh 1st Corinthians 12 and verse 27. Oh yeah. Verse 27 of 1st Corinthians chapter 12 says, "Now ye, that's plural, are the body singular of Christ and members in particular that's absolutely correct so all of first Corinthians 12 talked about a pop so all right so very good questions and again I want to say it one more time the millennial reign we just <laughs> there's a lot of stuff that's uh, not for us to know right now I guess uh, you want you want to do a, a deep dive in something? look up the millennial temple and uh, the sacrifices are taking place there well why do they have to take do sacrifices in the millennial temple I don't know in remembrance I don't know because they're certainly not needing that but uh, because there's no more faith maybe that's their their thing that they have to do they have to go as a nation's Uh, there's things that it talks about I believe in Ezekiel where it says if they don't do certain things that their land will be cursed droughts and all sorts of different things so they'll have to come up to Jerusalem and worship the king. I believe it's once a year. There's a lot that goes into that, uh, the millennial reign, and the millennial temple. So it uh, it takes it takes a long time to study that stuff out. And again, you know, if you got some free time, study it out. Uh, it's better than watching sports and doing everything else. It's a complete waste of time. So, all right, brother Harlow says First Corinthians chapter six and verse two. What do you got for us here, brother? Is that where the uh, rule and reign with Christ? Oh, yeah, that's another good one. Do you not know, do ye not know that the saints shall judge the world, and if the world shall be judged by you, are ye unworthy to judge the smallest matters? Judge the world. That's another good one. So, again, it very well could be. um, I know, Brother Tim, I think you're still on here, Brother Tim, if you are. He said he used to be of the same. Maybe I just need to be taught more uh, by the Spirit. These are all great verses for me to look through. I do know one thing: that uh, that I'll be there. Okay, whether that's on this earth, whether it's in heaven, waiting for the new he- or waiting for the new Jerusalem when He makes all things new and melts the elements with a fervent heat and casts death and hell into the lake of fire. makes the earth His footstool makes his enemies, that's death and hell, are completely abolished at that point uh, by sent to the lake of fire. I know that I will be witnessing all that and all this stuff will be cleared up then. What's important if you're not saved is to uh, uh, get that right today. Time is short. We don't know, we're not promised. The Bible says we're not promised tomorrow. Uh, Life is but a vapor. It appears for a moment. It's all... Just like the pot of water that's on there and it gets that steam that you see it for just a second, it's gone. That's what our lives are like. No matter if you live for 120, 130 years, it does not matter. Life is short. Hell is real. And uh, the, the judgment has already been taken upon the lamb, as we talked about. He's already taken your place. But if you choose not to come to the end of yourself and your own self-righteousness, and you want to stand before God in your own righteousness? You've been judged guilty already. So A typology of Christ in the church, First Samuel twenty-two, verse two. Okay, sister, let's uh, let's go back to First Samuel. Interesting. See what my sister here has uh, read here. Posted 1 Samuel chapter 22 and verse 2. Interesting. Let's look at what it says. First uh, Samuel chapter 22 and verse 2 says, And everyone that was in distress and everyone that was in debt and everyone that was discontented gathered themselves unto him, and he became a captain over them, and there were with him about 400 men. Is that where we're supposed to be at? I don't know. Second Samuel 5, 1. Am I in the right spot? 2 Samuel 5, and verse 1. Okay. Then came all the tribes of Israel to David unto Hebron and spake, Saying, "Behold, we are thy bone and thy flesh." Mm-hmm. Bone and flesh. Okay, I have to check those out. Uh, we'll look at those later. First, uh, First Samuel twenty-two and verse two. Let me write these down so I don't forget. Twenty-two and verse two, and Second Samuel five one. All right, interesting thing to to look up later, and I will do that. Okay. Okay, we're right at an hour. Uh, does anybody have any other questions they would like to ask or make any kind of comments? And we'll, we'll close it up for the night. We'll give it a countdown of 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Oh, I've been trying to figure out, Brother Moore, what happens spiritually to someone that is saved in the time of Jacob's trouble. The letters to, from Peter and John throw me for a loop a lot of times yeah okay so saved in the time of Jacob's trouble uh so it from what it it seems to me there's not uh a sealed the Holy Spirit comes in seals you until the day of redemption. The bible talks about uh, where is that where it says I'm trying to think now. Your young men shall dream dreams, or your young men shall prophesy, and your old men shall dream dreams. The Holy Spirit will come upon people again, come upon instead of being in, dwelling in. They'll come; it'll come upon somebody, just like that Simon right there. Uh, the Holy Spirit, uh, we we read about that in Luke two, that came upon him. You'll see that a lot. That'll you know come upon somebody, and uh, they'll be able to prophesy. They'll, I believe that they'll be able to speak in foreign tongues, just like they did at the day of Pentecost. Um, that's why I don't think that, uh, quote unquote tongues, not the the gibberish kind of stuff, but I'm talking about actual languages and they'll be able to quote words of God. I think that because I believe it's in Amos where it talks about, there'll be a spiritual dearth or a drought of the word of God. And because Bibles will be being burned, people have little fragments here and there. Um, it's not like where we have freedom now where we can just read this kind of stuff. Um, it'll be right there on the Internet and so forth and so on. It'll be controlled, and so I think that people will be doing that kind of stuff. The Spirit will come upon somebody. Um, they'll have to endure to the end. If anybody says, hey, I just can't take it anymore, and it goes down and gets that, that, uh, that mark, that's it. There's no eternal, quote-unquote, security, a sealing of the Holy Spirit and during that time. So that's probably the best way I can describe it to you biblically brother Moore. and brother Harlow says Joel chapter two is that where it talks about the drought of the Word of God. I'm trying to remember now it might be Joel too. I know it's somewhere in Amos as well there's talking about I've talked about it before when I talked about I thirst there's a video I did on that I thirst anyways I'm starting to, I'm starting to run out of steam here brothers and sisters uh, it's been great tonight though I'm gonna have to wrap it up there uh, we'll keep it short and sweet at about an hour. we're just about a little bit over that right now so all right uh, if you have any other questions though leave them in the comments section please like subscribe and uh, check out all those audio podcast versions as well that I mentioned at the beginning and uh, check out all those different series i I, I see. Uh, I see somebody was going to be able to get on there, and they're going to check out the uh, Jesus Christ. uh, God was manifest in the flesh versus Jesus Christ is come in the flesh and wants to check out those videos and some of the things. Blondie bars, too many Blondie bars. That's the name of them. Boy, they were good. Oh, wow. so, And uh, Brother Omar says, Merry Christmas, y'all. Okay? So there's that. And Brother Brad, Accountable KJV, I finally caught a live stream. Brother Brad, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much, brother. Um, We're still here on YouTube, but uh, not worrying about the future because God is in control, right, brother? Uh, Awesome video that uh, Brother Brad did there uh, not that long ago. So, okay, so check out all those podcasts, uh, the the live streaming or the streaming ones. Um, You can download them to your phone or whatever. And when you're on the road, you can listen to it. Um, let's see, and then just be praying again about the uh, the 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 website. Let this mind be in you. Dot org. I'm trying to get that up and running uh, within the next year to try to have my own streaming, my own place that'll store enough of the videos and so forth and so forth and so on. So uh, be praying about that. And if uh, you would like to be a help, hit me up on. Um, if you want to talk to me more about that, hit me up. Talk to me at LTMBIY at yahoo.com. You can email me there for all that information, or you just want to talk and chat, okay? Well, God bless you, and uh, regardless of what day you celebrate or celebrate it every day, every minute of every day, that God, manifest in the flesh, Jesus Christ, came to this earth, died for you and me, and uh, didn't stay a baby man what an awesome thing he died to give us that freedom rose to gave us uh victory over death and hell and uh, he holds the key now and uh boy one day he'll make all things new what a awesome time to celebrate no matter when that is you should do it all the time as a as a uh, believer in christ okay as a born-again bible-believing christian celebrate that every minute of every day have your joy full okay if you start getting down Remember who you are now, what your position is in Christ. Be ambassadors today. You're in the court of the king. God bless you. Have a great night, and uh, we'll be seeing you later on this week, Lord willing, in Romans chapter 8, okay? Bye-bye for now.